hello, good morning, good evening, or good night to whoever's listening to this. My name is Azan, and welcome to my new sports podcast where we discuss all the news in the NFL, NBA, and MLB. For my first episode, I decided that I wanted to talk about the NFL playoffs, specifically what happened on wildcard weekend. Now, the NFL playoffs have officially been underway for about a week, and we've seen a lot of things happen. We saw Lamar Jackson get his first playoff win. We saw Josh Allen dominate in his game against the Colts. We also got to see MVP Mitchell Trubisky and the Chicago Bears take on the New Orleans Saints, where they lost pretty horribly. But the one game that I really wanted to talk about was the Cleveland Browns, where they dominated the Pittsburgh Steelers even without their coach who had COVID-19. Now what's interesting about the Cleveland Browns is that they've been a historically terrible franchise, and this is their first playoff win in over 26 years. To put this stat into perspective, think about this. The last time the Cleveland Browns actually won a playoff game before last weekend, Bill Clinton was the president of the United States. Another crazy fact about this stat is that the Cleveland Browns starting quarterback, Baker Mayfield, who led them to the playoff win this weekend, was not even born yet at the time the Cleveland Browns won their last playoff game. Now after finally snapping their 26 year long playoff drought, it might be interesting to take a look at how much has changed since then, and all of the things that have happened that made the Cleveland Browns what they are today. In the year 1996, the Cleveland Browns of old were moved to Baltimore, where they became the Baltimore Ravens, who are ironically enough, a hated rival of the Cleveland Browns of today. This left the city of Cleveland without an NFL team for over three years. This angered the Cleveland faithful, as they had lost the team that they had invested in for over 50 years. However, hope was once again brought back to the city, as the Cleveland Browns were once again put back in Cleveland, and the city once again had a football team. You might think this is a happy ending for Cleveland. They got back their football team, and they were finally able to cheer for the Cleveland Browns once again. However, this was not the case. In their first game ever, the Cleveland Browns were dominated by their hated rival, the Pittsburgh Steelers. This led to the city of Cleveland having a realization. These Cleveland Browns were not the same as the old ones, and they were in fact much worse. This game that was thought to be the start of a golden age of football in Cleveland ended up being an omen of what was to come. In the 25 years that followed this game, the Cleveland Browns were the standard of ineptitude and failure, not only from a football perspective, but even as a business as a whole. For an entire quarter century, the Browns only managed two postseason appearances. There have been more presidents in the last 25 years than there have been Cleveland Brown postseason appearances. A silver lining to being this terrible would mean that you might be able to get a good player high up in the draft. However, the Browns can't even do this right. The Browns average having the highest overall draft pick out of any NFL team since 1999, meaning that they've had the best pick in almost every draft. However, the team has also managed to be the the worst drafting team of the Super Bowl era. This can be seen in their quarterbacks, which they've had 30 of since 1999. Their horrendous draft picks can be seen in their quarterbacks, which they've had 30 of. They have had more quarterbacks than they have years even existing. However, as you may expect, most of these quarterbacks tend to fail due to the organization being totally terrible or them being terrible at their job. One of the clearest examples of this is Johnny Manziel, or the famous Johnny Football. The former Browns quarterback was able to light up the college football scene 
with his elite playmaking and ability to make something out of nothing. However, a lot of his mistakes were matched by an elite team around him and terrible defenses in his conference. Johnny Football also had a lot of character concerns, as he was seen as someone who enjoyed partying much more than he did playing football. This meant that most teams stayed clear of him throughout the first round. Well, of course, most teams besides the Cleveland Browns. In his first season, Johnny Manziel was quickly exposed as a fraud. He showed a lack of attention to detail and also showed that he was more into partying than he was into actually being a real quarterback. The Johnny Manziel experiment was a massive failure, and I feel like it sums up the Cleveland Browns very well as an organization. However, even with all of this failure, technically the Browns couldn't say they were the worst team of all time, since the Detroit Lions of 2008 had gone 0-16, but the Browns weren't going to let anyone upstage them in failure. This failure was the only thing the Browns could even show for themselves in the past quarter century. The 2017 Cleveland Browns, coached by Hugh Jackson, went 0-16. And not only did they win no games, they did it in style, with their last play of their entire season being a dropped reception that could have won them the game. And of course, what would be a more Cleveland Browns thing than keeping the coach that won you zero games in the past year? You and I have won as many games as the Cleveland Browns did in 2017. Now you might be wondering, how the Cleveland Browns even made the playoffs, much less even won a game after all of these years of play failure. Well, their newfound success comes from three things. Their new quarterback, Baker Mayfield, their outstanding run game, and of course, their new coach, Kevin Stefanski. After their iconically abysmal 2017 season, the Browns had the first overall selection in the 2018 NFL Draft, where they decided to take Baker Mayfield. However, after a slow start to his career, his coach Hugh Jackson was fired after only winning three games with the team over three years, which led to him being replaced by Greg Williams and offensive coordinator Freddie Kitchens, who was able to unlock Baker Mayfield's potential. Mayfield began to dominate, even setting the record for the most touchdowns by any rookie quarterback, which was only surpassed this year by Justin Herbert. The Cleveland Browns ended up at 7-8-1, which while it isn't a winning season, is a massive success by Cleveland standard. However, once again, the Cleveland Browns showed why they are one of the worst teams in the league and ended up going 6-10 with all of this talent. Freddie Kitchens was quickly fired and the organization was at a crossroads. Baker Mayfield's play had downgraded tremendously and the organization wondered if they were able to succeed in the future with this core of players. The Browns ended up taking a gamble on offensive coordinator from the Vikings, Kevin Stefanski. Kevin Stefanski was a genius offensive mind who was able to make Kirk Cousins a top 10 quarterback in the league and bring the Vikings to the divisional round. However, he lacked any coaching experience, which was a big red flag going into the season. The Browns' first game of the 2020 season ended in a blowout. 31-7 at the hands of the Baltimore Ravens. People thought the Browns were once again going to disappoint, even with all the talent on their roster. But then a miracle happened. The Browns actually started winning games. The Browns went on to win their next four games after their loss to the Ravens and showed off their amazing running game. 
which was helmed by Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. Baker Mayfield wasn't turning the ball over as much as he used to, and was finally returning to form in Kevin Stefanski's play-action-based system. The Browns finished the season 11-5, set to face the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Browns were seen as complete underdogs, especially when a COVID outbreak happened within the locker room. But when the game finally began, Cleveland shocked the world, scoring 28 points unanswered in the first quarter. The Browns dominated their hated rival throughout and won the game 49-28, finally showing that they had shed the ineptitude that had plagued the organization for many years. Alright, so to talk about the future of the Browns, I have Quinn Mansfield, a true expert on football. Why don't you say your name? Hello, I'm Quinn Mansfield. I'm an avid football watcher. So I wanted to ask Quinn, what do you think of the Browns' future? They have a, a lot of bright spots. Like there's some aspects of their team that like, came out and they showed that they can play. Mostly wide receiver, Rashad Higgins and Donovan Peoples-Jones. You know, they filled the replacement role for Odell really nicely. What do you think of Baker's performance this season? Baker did improve, especially off last year, but I think last year was heavily down to like coaching and O-line. It's kind of hard to be good when you don't have like you know the two things you really need to be good are the wide receiver. I think he's earned himself another shot though. I mean he's definitely gotten better most aspects, mostly in interceptions and turnovers. Like if you look yeah, at he's it, keeping the ball much more. Keeping safe. the ball much better. You know he's not playing nearly as risky. He's not taking super like you know crazy shots down the field. He's playing conservative and it's honestly working more, especially in a you know a play action heavy a play um, action heavy offense. You know. It's, it's good for him, and it shows that he has taken the signs of improving and, you know, and making himself an overall better quarterback. So, um, what do you think, Quinn? Do you think he's a franchise quarterback for them? I think he could be. I think a lot of it has come down to coaching. We've seen this year that Kevin Stefanski is really a great coach. He's turned the Browns organized from a 6-10 and 10 team to, you know, a playoff 11-5 and 5 team. With that good coaching, I think Baker could be a long-term option. Do you think he's a top 10 quarterback even? Or is he like top, like how close do you think he is to like those top 10 quarterbacks? I think people overlook Baker a lot. I think he's not exactly even. He's obviously, he's no Mahomes, you know, he's no Watson. I think he's- Yeah, but not every quarterback is Mahomes or Watson. So I yeah, think, I think it is a good one. Yeah, I think he's a good quarterback. I do think uh, he is definitely the franchise quarterback there. Um, so for our next topic, I wanted to talk about defense. And I feel like this is where the Browns are lacking a lot. They have a lot of talent in the pass rush with Miles Garrett and Olivier Vernon. And they do have some talent in the secondary with Denzel Ward, but what do you think they need to improve to truly become an actually great defense? Um, I think mostly, definitely the linebacking core. Obviously, there's no superstars back there. And if you look at some of the better teams, you know, they typically have a superstar or up and coming linebacker. If you look at like the Ravens, they have Patrick Queen. The 49ers got, you know, Fred Warner. You know, like after, again, with the Odell trade, they also lost uh, safety Jabril Peppers, who's actually proven to be a really, you know, talented player, overlooked a lot on the Giants. In the season where, you know, Baker was in his rookie year where he was starting to show promise, people overlooked Jabril on that defense. And he was actually a key role in keeping guys contained, but also being a safety, you know, a deep threat, but also a pass rushing safety. I think it's clear that maybe, you know, Stefanski smart, you know, he'll invest in safeties and secondary help in the draft. Yeah, but I think the one great thing and the one thing Browns fans have to look forward to in the future is their pass rush. I mean, they're also, they're great at getting the quarterback, but they're also great at stopping the run. Miles Garrett is, to me, around like, behind Aaron Donald and some of those other guys, I think he's super elite 
pass rusher and defensive end. I think Olivier Vernon gets overlooked, and he's a great second option to have. So I think that's something that the Browns have to look forward to, and it's a great thing that they can stop the run. So the last thing I wanted to touch on for this episode is I wanted to talk about the AFC North because right now the division's in a really interesting spot. So what do you think is the future of the AFC North? I think uh, to start with the Bengals, the Bengals are definitely the most like question-based team. You know, we don't know what Joe Burrow can be, especially after that terrible injury. You know, honestly, I think he could easily be a top. You know, he could be a top ten quarterback. He could be a top five quarterback, but he could also be, you know kind of a, you know a Jimmy Garoppolo type too inconsistent you don't know what he really can be yet uh, but the Bengals do have some talent but honestly it's just the organization it seems similar to what the Browns had in the past that's holding them back I think also yeah I think it's cool because I think they're two very similar teams they're both Ohio teams and they both dealt with a lot of failure but what do you think about the Ravens um, Ravens again you know it's hard to gauge them right now I mean Lamar obviously just came off a disappointing playoff loss and sometimes he just makes poor decisions or he just has skills that he just can't you know can't use properly it's just kind of an issue with him and, you know obviously the team around him needs some improvement especially in the receiver category like some of the receivers are not good at all I think the Ravens are definitely going to be the biggest opposition to the Browns in the future I think Lamar even though he's had some disappointing playoff games He's still really young. He's much younger than even Joe Burrow. Lamar's still improving. He's a young quarterback. And I feel that over time when he gets weapons and hopefully his O-line, because his O-line had a lot of injured injuries down the stretch. So hopefully those can both, uh, he can have more luck with that. Um, if the Ravens get a number one receiver, I don't think the Browns are going to be able to compete with them, honestly, because the, the Ravens already swept them this season. So I feel that the Ravens are definitely a team to look out for if you're the Browns. And I definitely want to build around trying to stop Lamar Jackson's time in that division. Finally, I'd want to talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers, who they're in a tough spot. So what do you think is their future? I think it's time. Steelers just got to dismantle everything. Yeah, I definitely agree. And then the uh, last big question I think they have is, even though they have some free agents on defense, the biggest issue I think the Steelers have moving forward is their quarterback situation. So do you think Big Ben is worth uh, keeping next year, or do you think he should just retire? I think he's done. I think I don't yeah. see much of a future on him. I definitely agree. I think that the Steelers, overall, there's just not that much of a threat anymore. I feel like they really wasted those couple years where they had ab and Le'Veon bell and big ben who was still coming out of his prime but was still who still had a lot of talent i never really be believed in big ben a lot this season i think that he was highly overrated and people were saying he's a top 10 quarterback when really he's not been great this season so i do think it's time for him to hang it up this loss um they had to the browns i feel like it shows a new age in the afc north where the browns and ravens are going to be the two uh premier teams with the Bengals and the Steelers. The Bengals still have a lot of question marks. Maybe they might be able to improve if Joe Burrow is able to come back well. I'm rooting for him. I hope he's okay. But I feel like the Steelers don't have a very great future. To wrap up, I just want to say thank you to Quinn Mansfield for coming on the show. And thank you guys for listening to Scott's Talk on Scott Center. Have a great day.